really invested my time into how I looked and what people thought of me. And looking back now, it was exhausting. So tonight, I'm going to quickly share my personal revelation of deeply encountering God's love and have Him completely transform me from the inside out. So for the last three years, I'd been a very sick girl, which progressed into biotoxin illness, which is a mold toxicity within the body. So I was enduring chronic fatigue where I'd be bedridden for days, a really poor liver where I went yellow, like Homer Simpson yellow, digestive issues, sudden allergies, intolerances, hormonal imbalances, severe brain fog, inflammation, extreme joint and muscle weakness, just to name a few. But the one symptom that I was so concerned about was my sudden weight gain and inability to lose weight. Reason being because I was very body conscious and found a lot of my self-worth and self-validation in the hands of other people. I developed a real fear of man because a stranger's opinion really did matter to me. And I feel like most of us here can kind of sometimes, you know, find ourselves getting caught up in what other people think of us. (laughs) Although over time, I taught myself how to suppress these intimidating thoughts so, so deep that I managed to fake it until I made it and start creating a new identity for myself in the health and fitness industry as a fitness model. And I was doing pretty good at it too, all up until I got really, really, really sick. So at the beginning of last year, I couldn't even leave my bed. I got so ill, I had no energy at all, as I felt like an 80-year-old in a 22-year-old's body. I remember feeling so guilty because I was in the midst of my wedding prep, or in other words, shredding for the wedding, (laughs) Who here doesn't want to look their best on their wedding day? (laughs) You know, I had goals and I had people to impress. You know, that was my number one priority. So instead of going to the gym, I opened up my Bible with a good old-fashioned Bible flip. And to my surprise, it was a glorious God moment. Who here loves a good spontaneous Bible flip? (laughs) So 1 Timothy 4 was exactly what I flipped open to. And in verse 8, it read... For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This scripture jumped out at me, so I thought I'd read it in the message version for better understanding. And it says, exercise daily in God, no spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember reading, no spiritual flabbiness, please. And it just made so much sense to me. In this moment, God was saying, Sienna, you work so hard to look good on the outside, but physical training isn't going to transform your heart and free your mind from the torment or fear of rejection. Sienna, I've heard your cries, and now it's time to lay down your reputation and expectation because the purpose I've instilled deep within you requires eternal eyes. And it became so obvious. We need to seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness and all the rest will be given unto us. And I kept seeing that scripture everywhere as well during this time. You know, I'd see it on my friend's coffee mugs, online, in the Bible. I saw it when I was driving my car and it was literally following me everywhere. (laughs) But I remember feeling so torn with this. Like I wanted to give more time to God But uh, day after day, month after month, I'd find myself getting up at 5 a.m., making a pre-workout and prioritizing the gym instead of getting up at 5 a.m., making a coffee and prioritizing time with God. I was prioritizing my shell, my outwardly worldly flesh that's only ever going to fade away. 
instead of my Jesus, who looks at the inside and the heart and completely transforms us from the inside out. So my question to you, what's your number one priority in life right now? When I asked God for answers, I finally had that revelation of how God is so much bigger than everything, bigger than every insecurity, bigger than every illness. That's when I laid down my pride, surrendered it to God, and He started to transform me from the inside out. And now I give Him all the glory because my mind has been completely renewed and my body is slowly but surely being restored as well. We serve a God so good, He actually changes us from the inside out. So if there's anyone here tonight who needs God to transform them from the inside out, I just want to quickly give you two pointers. Number one, let go of your pride. Pride is an internal issue within our soul that can really affect our outer world. You see, self-criticism and never feeling good enough isn't actually humility. It's actually the most subtle form of pride. So that means pointing out our flaws within our own physical appearance and uh, intellectual attributes, comparing yourself to others, being jealous or envious, uh, thinking you know best, and even having an attitude of inferiority or superiority. It's all actually a pride issue. And pride is the voice of accusation. So in order to let go of pride, we need to start becoming aware. We need to take all our thoughts captive because the mind is where the enemy will strike. Our mind is valuable because if it wasn't, it wouldn't need renewing. We need to renounce self-criticizing and prideful thoughts and replace them with what God says about us. We need to discover who God says we are, not what the world says. We can do this by reading the Bible, spending time in worship, and asking God in prayer. Because when we know who God says we are, letting go of pride in our heart, we will receive identity and our confidence back. Number two, <laughs> my mouth's getting so dry. <laughs> Make God priority number one. Sometimes we can actually create idols by misplacing our priority on certain things above God things. For instance, me with physical training and seeking validation we need to let go of any fleshly desires that have taken priority over Jesus. God is a loving God, yet God is a jealous God. He actually wants a relationship with us. And when we prioritize and worship worldly things before Him, it actually saddens Him. To even think we can impact God's feelings is amazing. We can't worship anything of the world if we want God to be number one in our life, whether it be unconsciously worshiping validation from others, false identity, materialistic things, money, drugs, alcohol, relationships, fear, or even bowing down to a business or a career. We have to put God above everything else because the devil is cunning and he will distract you away with the things of the flesh and the things that really shouldn't matter. So how do we do that? How do we know if we're prioritizing God above all else? We need to go into our quiet place, spend time with Jesus, and ask Him to reveal to us what worldly things we might be idolizing before God. And when you receive that revelation from Him, I just want to encourage you to repent, ask Him to, for forgiveness, and then make a decision to yield your heart to Him, prioritizing Him above all else. Ask the Holy Spirit to make himself so, so real to you, more real than anything else that this world can offer. Because when you finally decide to put God first, he will continue to completely transform you from the inside out. We need to lay down our life for the one who laid down his. If we could all just please bow our heads, I'd like to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everyone in this place tonight. Lord, I thank you for this divine opportunity to share your heart.
Father, I just pray that when everyone here goes home and seeks you in the quiet place, that you reveal your holy presence to them so tangibly. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you please reveal to us anything in our lives that might be taking preference over you. Thank you, God, for your goodness and your incredible heart that longs to transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Come on, let's give it up for Sienna. So powerful. Isn't that powerful hearing her story, her testimony of what she's walked through with God? And I know that, you know, that was speaking to hearts. How powerful is that? That our number one priority needs to be God and, and who He says we are, not or who others say we are that we are. So can we honor and thank Sienna again? So powerful. We're just getting started here tonight. I'm excited. I'm going to introduce our second speaker in a moment, and that is Summer Davis. Come on, you can start walking up. Hey, Summer seriously inspires me so much. She is our assistant youth band leader, runs a group, is in our youth core team, and lives so boldly for Jesus at a young age. So can we welcome Summer? So proud of you. Hello. Hey, guys. So if we haven't met, my name's Summer. It's nice to meet you. But before I start, I just wanted to honor Pastor Dan and Ebony Frecker. You guys are literally the best. And if it weren't for the both of you, I seriously would not be here tonight. Like Ebony, you've been there with me through absolutely everything. And you're like a big sister to me. And Dan, like you're the biggest encourager that I know. Like literally whenever I do anything, you're the first person to tell me how proud you are of me. So let's give those guys a round of hand because they're the best. Thank you so much. Awesome. So I'm so, so excited about our new theme, Inside Out. And tonight I really wanted to share about how having our own personal revelation of God's love for us can change us not only internally, but also externally. So I only just finished school, right? But going through school was a real struggle for me. For four years, I came home crying almost every single week to my mom about school. I went from friendship group to friendship group, but could never find a group of girls that truly loved me for me. Constantly, girls would be betraying me and gossiping about me behind my back, even those that I thought were some of my closest friends. I was constantly being put down, belittled, judged and left behind by my friends at school. There was many times throughout high school where I'd go to the bathroom and cry and then come out pretending like nothing had happened. I'd put a smile on my face so that people around me like, would think that I was okay, but internally I was crushed. I felt constant, was constantly feeling rejected, unloved, forgotten and anxious. Every day school was a huge battle for me. Like I'm the biggest nerd and I absolutely love to learn, but like get, waking up and getting ready was such a struggle. Um, I was in desperate need of knowing that there was someone who truly loved me for me. And I have like the best family, right? Like shout out to my fam, you guys are the bomb. But they, like, they've always been there for me. But because of my experiences at school, I began to question whether they loved me. So maybe you're here tonight and you can relate to my story. Like you so desperately want to be loved. And can I tell you that we were all created to be loved by our Heavenly Father, even though at times we don't feel it. So even though I was going through a lot and I didn't feel true or pure love from anybody, I kept pressing into God because I knew that he could make things better for me. I knew that he was God above all else and he could take me out of the place that I was in. So it's so important for us to keep close to God, even when we are struggling in life. No matter what we're going through, we can't let go of God. We need to keep pushing into him always. 
So there's a scripture that I want to speak on tonight found in Jeremiah 31 verse 3 and it says, The Lord appeared to us from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. So God's love is everlasting. It doesn't run out and it certainly doesn't fade away. Growing up in church, I'd heard hundreds and hundreds of times that we can do absolutely nothing to change how much God loves us. But I didn't believe it at first. I didn't believe that even though I was hurting and internally crushed, God could still love me. So feeling God's love was something that I really had to fight for. So it's a fight to receive that revelation from God because we live in a world where it's so easy to get distracted or to believe a lie from the enemy. But when we receive and understand the revelation of God's love for us, everything begins to change. For me, my fighting looked like me getting up every, early every morning before school to pray and read the Word of God. I would thank God for the day ahead of me and speak over myself scriptures in the Bible, just like Jeremiah 31 verse 3. By doing this in my room every morning, His presence would fill not only me but also my room and I would, like slowly but surely, I began to believe what I was saying. Even though at the start I didn't think things were changing, I kept pressing in because I knew that something was going to change. So when we have that revelation of God's love for us, nothing in this um, world like can compare to it because we can fix our eyes knowing Him and that He, um, that He, like what He says about us is so much more important than what others say or think about us. So this year at youth camp, a leader prayed for me and as he did that, it reminded me of the love that God had for me. He told me that even if I was the last person alive, God still would have died on that cross for me. And hearing that changed everything because it was then that God told me how much he really loved me and the lengths that he would go for me to feel that love. When I got that revelation of God's love, everything changed. I started to feel loved and wanted by those around me. I gave up caring what other people thought of me and I fully fixated my attention to what God thought of me. And not only did my internal world take a change for the better once receiving this revelation, but my external world did as well. My friendships with people began to change and the ones who made my high school life a struggle began to change the way that they treated me. God changes us from the inside out. He works on our heart and our soul so that we can then reflect that love in the way that we live. When we are full of God's love and we know Him, it makes it so much more easier for us to shine His love into other people. So to receive that revelation of his love for you, you have to fight for it. So I encourage you all to go home and fight. In your quiet time, ask God to reveal himself to you and to show you how much he really loves you. Open his word and receive what it is saying. Speak scriptures just like Jeremiah 31 verse 3 over yourself. And even if you don't believe it at first, be persistent and keep going. Because when we get that revelation, it'll change us from the inside out. And not only do we then get to experience that love, but we can also reflect it in the way we live and we can show others how much Jesus loves them as well. So before I finish tonight, I would love to end in prayer. So if we could all please close our eyes and bow our heads. Dear Jesus, thank you that we are all able to receive a personal revelation of the love that you have for us, no matter who we are. I ask that you would speak to everyone in this place tonight and make them aware of the love that you have for them and the lengths that you would go for them to experience and understand that love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Woo, come on, Summer. Preach the house down. So good. I love that revelation of how you and I need to fight to get the love of God in our soul, on the inside, and how that will transform our life on the outside. And that was so bold, sharing your story of how, you know, you found God's love for you. And I know that encouraged all of us. We've got to fight for that every day of our life. So can we thank Summer again? So powerful.
And I'm going to now invite up our final speaker for tonight. And in a moment, I'm going to get up David Morris. And he is, yeah, come on. He is a mighty man of God. He is our, our youth groups pastor for all of our guys. He uh, is such a phenomenal leader, uh, imparts so much um, power of the Holy Spirit as he preaches and ministers. And I love him so much. So can we uh, welcome to the stage David Morris. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I also want to start off just by honoring Pastor John and Pastor Danielle. Um, you guys are phenomenal leaders and everything you do, I know you have so many hats that you wear, but you make it look so easy. You do it with an anointing that's changing the movement and, and Christianity in this church as we know it. So church, would you honor them with me? We love you so much. Thankful for all you do for us, for your prayers. Awesome. Well, uh, last year was a very significant year for me. Um, I had a lot of awesome highs. I had some pretty scary low times. But in the middle of all of it is God. And if there's one thing that I learned last year, it's leaked over through this year, it's how to stand on the Word of God. Because there's moments when our soul gets weak there's moments when the inside of us begins to affect, in a bad way, the outside of us. And so I want to speak tonight how the Word of God can strengthen your soul. So last year, God dropped a scripture in my heart. It's Joshua 1, verse 6. Verse six. It says this. It says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. But the thing that stuck out to me the most was just simply be strong and courageous. Why? I actually don't know. At the time God put it in my heart, I was just like, yeah, cool, awesome. It actually happened on one of my days off. I was climbing a mountain and um, I couldn't get it out of my head. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And then it changed to, yeah, I'm strong. I'm courageous. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. And, and that began to fester in my mind. It began to grow until it hit a point where uh, an idea which had been imparted to me from my leaders, from my mentors, from my parents, from my friends to go to university. It, it was like, it got to the point where they're like, um, hey, Dave, have you thought about going to uni? I was like, no, no, I never thought of that. Thank you so much for suggesting it. To the point where I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to university. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Pastor John. Daniel. Uh, no, no. Seriously, it is. It's. I started this week, and I'm so thankful that they did push me to it because I can see the light. Uh, because actually, what happened was when I was in school, I really didn't enjoy it so much. And so, as I began to play out what the next three years were going to look like. As you can imagine, I have this promise from God, be strong, be courageous. But that began to go this way, and the fear in front of me of, you didn't even like school. Why would you like university? Like, are things like, you don't even need university, you know, the degree in front of you, you can do, you've already got the skills, you already know everything. I really don't. That's definitely not true. Um, but the main one for me was, I'm already bad at time management. That's my biggest challenge right? So then going to university full-time, yeah, great idea, totally, absolutely. But I just knew, I just had this feeling in my heart, this sense in my spirit that university was my next step. 
And I love this verse because this verse was God speaking to Joshua during his next step. Joshua had just been, had the mantle handed over to him to take on the Israelites after Moses, who had just been led out of Egypt to lead them into the promised land. And university isn't leading people to the promise. Actually, it's leading myself to the promised land. Absolutely. Thank you, Jesus, for finances. Uh, But I needed that same promise. I needed the promise to be strong and courageous because when you have fear on this side of you and you have the promised land on this side of you, there's a middleman in the middle saying, hey, this is what your old life was like. What makes you think you're going to get to there? And it begins to drag you this way. But the Word of God in us drags us to where God wants us to go. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. But time went on. And because of the fear of failure, because of the fear that uh, I wasn't going to be able to handle all this time management stuff, um, I procrastinated. It got to the point where I really just didn't want to even apply. Um, as the closing date came closer, my fear grew, my doubt grew, my faith became smaller, my courage shrunk back, my insecurities rose up in me. I became, I became really anxious about it, and I found myself feeling really weak and really defeated. But I'm thankful that God reminds us of his word. In verse 6, I can just see Joshua hearing this, be strong and courageous. And Joshua is a warrior. He's been hanging out with Moses for so long. And when God spoke, spoke that to him, I can just, it doesn't say this, but I can picture him going, yeah, of course, I'll be strong and courageous. That's fine. No worries. Like, I already am strong. I already am courageous. But when God puts a promise in our hearts, he actually begins to unveil why we need that promise. If you haven't had that experience, and you, when you read your Bible and God puts a promise in your heart, He will begin to unfold why you need that promise, why you need to stand on it. Not quite literally, but He might put a picture in your mind or whatever that is. And I can just see the vision of Him leading the, the Israelites into the promised land. And I can see His smile going from this, yeah, no worries, to, whoa, Wow. That's what I have to do. And in verse 7, again, God says to Joshua, come on, be strong, be very courageous. And it keeps going into verse 9 where God finally says this. He goes, Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Because in life, sometimes we just are drawn this way naturally. It's human nature. We want, we, sometimes this is more attractive than this right? Because we haven't made it there yet. But I love that God is just like, he's seeing Joshua's faith shrinking back, just like it was in my life. And when I read this, it came alive to me. He said, David, have I not commanded you? Hello, be strong and courageous. You can do this. So I applied for university. I got in and uh, the rest is history in the future. But um, I believe in that. Amen. But I want to ask you tonight, what's God speaking to you about? There are promises that God has got for you and he's waiting for you to take a hold of them because I know that every single person here tonight has got dreams and visions and things they want to do in their heart, but you don't know how to get there. That's cool, but God knows. And if you would just open up your heart and open up the word of God and and begin to seek him in prayer... I know that God will give you a promise that you can take a hold of and you can smash those dreams out of the park, baby. Amen? Amen. So maybe for you tonight, you're really struggling. Maybe you've been like, God, please give me a promise. Maybe it's been years. Maybe it's been months. 
But maybe tonight, be strong and courageous is all you need. You know, that maybe that's all you need. Maybe you're looking for a job. The word of the Lord for you tonight could be be strong and courageous. If you're wanting to start a business and you, maybe you've tried and you've failed before, the word of the Lord for you tonight is be strong and courageous. If you're thinking about going to uni like me, the word of the Lord for you tonight is be strong and courageous. If you're scared about joining a connect group, be strong and courageous. If you're insecure about your identity, the inside of you, come on, be strong and courageous. Amen. And one thing that I had drop in my heart just tonight is sometimes God leads us in this journey um, from here and we have relationships there. If you need to change your friendship group tonight, if you're hanging around people that are keeping you here, maybe you've got that promise from God, but people are speaking into your life and they're keeping you away from that. Be strong and courageous. Come on. One seed of faith, one word from God is all you need. As the band, if you wouldn't mind coming and joining me. But maybe you're actually here tonight and this is the first time you even ever heard of God. Maybe you've heard about Him before, but you've come to this place, hopefully with an open heart. Um, Maybe you've never heard that Jesus died on a cross for you. Um, I want to tell you it's true. Maybe you're here, you're feeling in this place, sapped of strength sapped of courage maybe you feel defeated like I was and you know something in your life is missing maybe here and it's the first time you've even heard about a soul that we can actually be changed from the inside out I want to tell you that there's only one person that can do that and his name is Jesus the the coolest thing about us is we have a heart that God has given us and that is so powerful but sometimes like me if you're anything like me, your heart can begin to get a little bit weak. Can, I, don't, I don't want to say soft and tender, but weak. But Jesus can make it strong. There's actually a verse in the Bible that says, when I'm weak, Jesus, you make me strong. And maybe you're here and sometimes you're like me and you wear really cool clothes. I like linen shirt. Hey, how cool is that? Bought it the other day just for this, just being honest. Um, but maybe you come to church and you're just like, how can I hide my pain? Can I do my hair real nice? Can I wear like the nicest clothes? Is that going to hide my pain from people? Will they be blinded by that? Um, But you can't shake the pain. I don't want you to leave this place with that still inside of you. There is a guy who came to earth. His name is Jesus, and he wants to take away your pain. Maybe you're here even right now. You could just feel your heart beginning to beat. Maybe your palms are getting a little bit sweaty. Because in a moment, I actually want to lead you in a prayer. If, if you're willing and you're able to lift your hands soon, I'd love to lead you in a prayer to invite Jesus into your life because he can change you from the inside out. He wants to pour out his love into your heart. He wants to bring a wholeness where there's pain. He wants to bring freedom where there's shame and guilt. But the Bible says that all people have fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? Well, we were designed to be in perfect relationship with God. When Adam and Eve were first created, they were walking with God daily, like, like, like hand in hand. They were just the perfect relationship with God. And you and I were, meant, were created for that. We were made to spend eternity with Him. But something happened, and Adam believed there was a better way. He decided to make his own decision. 
And this thing instantly got ingrained in human nature when he walked away from God, when those two walked away from God. And maybe you're here tonight and you can relate to that, that you've done things that you know are not good. You've done things that you're guilty for. You've done things that you feel ashamed about. Um, in a moment, just one prayer, one simple prayer can take that out of your life. It, the Bible says that when we invite Jesus in he throw, and we repent of our sin, he takes our sin and he puts it in the sea of forgetfulness. He's not condemning you. Maybe you're here tonight and you think God's angry at you. Maybe you're here and you think he's like looking down on you and saying, I can't wait for him to come to church. Classic thing at my work is people say, um, oh, I can't come to church, man, like it'll burn down. I'm like, what? Are you the human torch? It doesn't really work like that, man. But I know a lot of people that actually think that. They think they're so bad. They've done such wrong things that when they walk into a church, everyone's going to judge them. If you felt judged, man, come talk to me. Like, let's sort that out. You're so loved here. You're so welcome here. Uh, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and we love you. And this is a safe place for you to come and uh, engage and open your heart. So uh, you might be sitting there and you think, no, you don't understand. I've stuffed up way too much. Man, I've done some things I'm not proud of too. I've done some really shocking things that I'm really not proud of. But I know that Jesus forgives me. And I know that he's taken away my shame. And he's taken away my guilt. And he's poured his love into me. And that can happen to you tonight. So can I just get everyone's eyes closed? Every head bowed in this place. You know, Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. He looked down on the world and he saw sin. He saw darkness. He saw pain. And he, I can just see him in heaven going, God, send me. Send me. I'll save them. I, I, whatever it takes, I'll do it. So he came and he lived a perfect life, blameless in God's sight. God was pleased with him, the Bible says. But we, people, we condemned him. We nailed him to a cross. And on that cross, God put all of the sin of the world, every single sin, every single wrongdoing, every wrong thought from way in the past to in that present moment, even to today and the future. He took every single sin and in that moment placed it on Jesus. And God turned his back on him. And that's exactly what sin is. His sin is turning our back on God. And it's going, God, I know there's this direction, but I'm going to be walking another way. But tonight, I want you to turn around. I, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and we're going to say a simple prayer that invites Jesus into your life. If you want to receive the forgiveness and the freedom that only Jesus offers in a moment, maybe you're one of three people. You've never said this prayer before, but you know you want to. Your heart's pounding. Maybe your palms are sweaty. You're feeling a little bit nervous. In a moment, I want you to raise your hand. If you've never said that prayer before, tonight can be your night. Or maybe you have, but you've walked away. Come home. God loves you. He's not looking at you angry. He wants you to come home. He's got so much more for you. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're just not sure that if something was to happen to you as you leave this place, that you would walk into heaven. 
that God would see you and go, come, come join me in heaven. If you're not sure, can I tell you tonight, that is important. There is a confidence and a boldness and a, and a, a real sense of identity in Christ that if something was to happen to me tonight, I know that I would go into heaven. And if you don't have that assurance in your heart, in a moment, I'm going to get you to raise your hand. So if you're one of those three things, you've, said, you, you've never said this prayer before and you want to, or you have, but you want to come back, or you just want to make sure you're going to heaven right now, would you just lift your hand for me in this place? If you're one of those three people, awesome, I see that hand. Thank you so much. You can place that down. Is there anyone else who wants to join this amazing lady? Just one simple prayer has the power to give you the assurance you need to live life confidently. Thank you so much. I see your hand. Is there anyone else here tonight? Come on, Christians are praying for you. We're cheering you on because we know this is the best decision you could ever make. Come on, maybe you're here for the first time tonight and this all seems a little bit weird, but if I can encourage you, make the stand tonight. I'm just going to choose to believe. It's a choice. Just choose to believe tonight. Is there anyone else? I want to give this just a couple more moments. God could be knocking on your heart right now. Just lift your hand for me. I'll see it. You can place it down. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Awesome. We're good. Cool. Everyone, just keep your eyes closed. And I'm just going to say a prayer. If we could all join as a family and say this together. But those two people who raised your hands, uh, please just say this to God like he's right in front of you. Say, speak it out like you mean it. Everyone repeat after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Forgive me of my sin and show me how to live. I leave my old life behind and I choose to follow you. I thank you, Jesus, that in you tonight I've found life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys put your hands together for those two people? So proud of you guys. You are amazing. And um, I'm going to hand it back to Ebony right now. Thank you. Oh, how awesome is that? I love it. Hearing from our three Emerge speakers. And, you know, I feel like we've got some homework to do to go home and get the Word of God inside us, like Dave said, so that we it would take us to where we are dreaming of going. Thank you, Dave. And our three speakers, you guys are amazing. Give them a hand. So good. Amazing.